Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon, Stevens Creek. How you feeling? Oh, yeah, it is a great day to be in church. I'm so glad you guys are here this afternoon, starting your year off right in church. Happy New Year, y'all. Um, uh, anybody excited to be out of 2020? Oh, no. I was shouting, dancing, celebrating at, at 12 o'clock. I, man, I ain't never celebrate out of a year like that like I did this year, it's, but uh, I'm so glad that we get an opportunity to be in the house of the Lord on this first Sunday of the year. A couple of things before we get into the message. Uh, at your seat, there are two cards there, and I want you uh, to grab those. The first card is the Pray First card, and that card is for you to begin to write your prayer requests down. And we want to encourage you, the thing that uh, you otherwise would have posted on Facebook or told to a friend, we want to encourage you to pray first. God is in the business of answering prayers, and uh, we want to encourage you to put those things down, and we're going to pray for them over the next 21 days. On your way out, you can either drop it here at the front or put it in the offering bucket on your way out, but we're, we're promising to pray over those prayer requests for the next 21 days. The other card is your seven targets of blessing card, and what that card is is the um, opportunity for you to say, here are seven people or seven families that I've, I want to pray for over the next 21 days to see God move in their lives, to uh, ask God to save them, to ask God to perform a work in their lives. Seven people that, or seven families that you want to pray over. You're going to take that card home, and over the next 21 days, I want to encourage you to pray over those people and watch God move in their lives. Um, uh, Kelly mentioned it earlier, but I want to encourage you also to use the windows. I cannot tell you how many times that people have wrote down people and situations on these windows, and we've been able to wipe them off early because God answered their prayers. And we pray over these windows throughout the entire year. So use all of those resources as we enter into this season of um, concentrated and dedicated prayer. Amen? All right, so if you have your Bibles, go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, we're going to verse 20 and 21. And it reads, I'm reading for the English Standard Version, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we, that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want to talk to you for a few moments on the subject, prayer works. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day and this opportunity to hear and share your word. I pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, I hope that your Christmas went well um, and you've had a happy new year so far. I was reflecting over the Christmas season 
And I noticed how much things have changed. My wife used to call me a Grinch because I just wasn't in the Christmas spirit, but having children changed that. And this Christmas, we got our first son, Moje, a scooter. And y'all, um, when they say some things could be blessings and curses, uh, it is a blessing that he enjoys it. But Lord, has he tore up our house rolling on that scooter all over the place. All the rugs are messed up and crinkled. And all I hear through the house is do, 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 of his scooter going around. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to solve this problem. I said, buddy, come on. Let's go outside and ride your scooter. And we went outside and we rode it for a while. But when we went back inside, I used my daddy card. I said, son, now this is an outside toy now. You used it outside. It's dirty. We can't ride this inside no more. And he said, it's an outside toy, daddy? And then so he stopped using it. But five minutes later, I hear that duh, 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 going through the house. And I said, son, didn't I just tell you it's an outside toy? And he said, well, Dad, I used the wipes and I cleaned it. It's not dirty anymore. I, I, I couldn't get mad at him because uh, I think his mother helped him with this. But I, I couldn't get mad at him because it was very similar to what I was like as a child. You see, he didn't see a problem. He saw an opportunity for a solution. Now, I remember when I was just a couple of years older than he was, I was living on Asylum Avenue in Hartford, Connecticut. And like its name indicates, it was not the safest place to grow up. If you go to Hartford, Connecticut, please do not stop. Pass, go. Don't collect your $200. Don't go there unless it's absolutely necessary. And so I was there, and my parents had got me a new bag basketball and I wanted to play it outside but my parents said no we can't play it outside because it's not a safe area and I didn't see a problem I saw a solution and I said I am going to pray for us to have a house so I can play some basketball and so I began to pray every chance I got every night I would pray that the Lord would bless us with a house so I could play some basketball I went to school and told all my teachers and friends I'm praying for a house for the Lord to bless us with so I can play some basketball. I went to Sunday school at church and told them, I'm praying for the Lord to bless us with the house so I can play some basketball. And eight months later, when my dad picked me up from school, we did not go to Asylum Avenue, but we kept on driving and got to Windsor, Connecticut, and he showed me the house that they had just purchased, and I was able to play outside. Here's what I learned from that is that prayer works. And if you don't hear anything else today, I need you to be encouraged. As you walk through 2021, whatever comes your way, I need you to understand that prayer works. Scripture says, says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much that prayer works and prayer matters. The writer of our text this morning, the Apostle Paul, is someone who knows all too well that prayer works. His life was literally marked by prayer. In Acts chapter 9, on his way on the his way to Damascus, he has an encounter with Jesus and he prays a prayer of salvation and he is saved. In that same chapter, while he's laid up sick in bed, God says, sends a man, Ananias, to pray for him and he is healed. In Acts chapter 16, we see Paul and Silas, they are in jail, locked up. Nobody will let them out, but they begin to pray and sing songs to the Lord and the doors are opened. And in Acts chapter 
20, verse 32, uh, there's a man listening to Paul preach. He is sitting on a windowsill. He falls asleep, falls out the window. He dies. Paul comes and prays for him, and he is revived. Now, let me stop right here. If you fall asleep while I'm preaching, I need to let you know I'm not Paul. Uh, God's still working on me. I might just leave you right there. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But here, here's, here's the reality. Paul understood that prayer worked. And this is the message that he is trying to convey to uh, the people in Ephesus. In the book of Ephesians, the people, he, he writes two main prayers in this book. Uh, the first part is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23, and it's a prayer for understanding. And then in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, it's a prayer for inner strength. And Paul follows this model that he normally uh, lays out in his prayers. It begins with an opening invocation. That's verse 14 and 15. And then he moves into his main petition, what he's asking of the Lord in verses 16 and 17. And then in verse 18 and 19, he talks about the spiritual benefits of this request being answered. And then in our main uh, passage, in verse 20 and 21, it is the closing doxology or the closing praise that Paul gives to God. And in every doxology, there is some theology. And I want to share with you four things that I believe will help us know why and how prayer works. Here's the first thing. Prayer works when it's directed towards God. Uh, Paul begins verse 20 with, now unto him. He is uh, directing and aligning his prayer to the one who can answer. It is critical for us to make sure that we are directing our prayers to God. If, uh, Philippians 4 and 6 says, uh, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving make your requests um, known unto God. Let your requests be made known unto God. Uh, what Paul is telling us is that it's important for us to pray and direct those prayers to God. And not only that, he's encouraging us and admonishing us to pray first. It's essential for us to make sure we direct our prayers to the right person because Direct the direction of our prayer and who our prayers are directed to affects the answer of our prayers. Uh, during this Christmas season, I was uh, trying to surprise my wife and buy her a new phone. And so I had a little window of time where I thought she wasn't going to figure out. And I went and y'all, I failed. She figured it out. It wasn't, it didn't work for me. But one of the issues that came up is I was trying to buy the phone on our Verizon account, but there was an issue. And so I kept calling Verizon and they were giving me the runaround and I kept calling Apple and they were giving me the runaround. But then I decided to Google a specific number. I need to talk to somebody about specific issues with accounts. And when I Googled that, they gave me a direct line. And when I called that line, they solved my problem in five minutes. Here, here, here's the truth of the matter. Praying first will help us avoid unnecessary delays. Praying first will help you to avoid unnecessary delays. My grandmother used to sing uh, this song, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. 
all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Here's what I need you to know is that you have a direct line to God. That you don't have to go through a runaround. You don't have to call and hear them automated people talk to you and don't understand what you're saying. And you press zero a million times to try to get advanced. You, you have a direct line to God. In fact, he says when you call, he will hear and answer. We have an opportunity to have a personal relationship with God ourselves and prayer works because it's directed towards the one who can answer our prayers. And directing our prayers to God will help us be able to see those prayers come to pass. Here's the second thing that it's important for us to understand. Prayer works because God is able now, notice what Paul does. He starts by telling you the direction, who his prayer is directed at. But the second piece of this is he allows you to see why he's directing the prayer this way. He says, now unto him who is able. Can I tell you, God is able to do whatever you are concerned about, that God has sufficient ability, sufficient power and authority. All through scripture, we are reminded that God is able. Throughout scripture, it echoes the fact that God is able to handle whatever it is that we're going through. In Jude 1 and 24, it says God is able to keep us from falling. In James 4 and 12, it says God is able to save. In Hebrews 2 and 18, it tells us that God is able to help us. In Daniel 3 and 29, it says God is able to rescue us. And in Acts 20 and 32, it says God is able to build us up. My brothers and sisters, I need you to understand that your God is able. He is able to do what you have asked of him. He's able to bring to pass what you have thought. And he's able to perform exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask, think, or imagine. You serve a God who is able. You serve a God who is large and in charge. You serve a God who sits on a throne and is able to handle whatever it is that comes in your life. God is able. He's able. Don't worry, I know it's the first of the year. We're going to warm up. God's able. This is what Paul is trying to communicate to the folks here in Ephesus. He needs them to understand that God is able. And so Paul begins to express this in a way that I find um, very interesting. What Paul does is he takes three different words and puts them together and makes up his own word. He says, I can't, I can't find a word that explains what God is and to define his ability, but I'm going to put three words together. And y'all, I said it for the first two services, but uh, I forget it right now. So y'all go watch 1030 and you'll hear the word. But the reality is the word means beyond measure. In other words, Paul took three 
different Greek words to create a new phrase, a super superlative that means God's ability is beyond measure, that there is no litmus test, there is no uh, graph that you can put it off, that God's ability is off the charts. And what I want you to understand, people of God, is that what God has planned for you, what God is able to do in your life is beyond your imagination. He is not limited by your thinking. He is not limited by our problems. God's ability is beyond limitations. It's beyond measure. This is what Paul is trying to express to the folks in Ephesus. In in Romans chapter 4 and uh, 21, Paul begins to tell a little bit of the story of Abraham. And it's important for us to recognize that God has ability because it will help our faith while we are going through difficulty. Here's what, what Romans 4 and 21 says. It says, and he was convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Although there was a delay, although there was difficulty, although there was a challenge, He was convinced that God was able to do what he had promised him. We've got to be secure in the fact that our God is able. And that's why prayer works, because God is able. But for most of us in this room, most of us watching online, we are not unsure of God's ability where we sometimes have questions, is God's desire for our life? This is the story of Mark chapter 1 and verse 40. There's a guy who's a leper. He was sick, and he comes to Jesus and says, if you are willing, you can heal me. He says, I recognize your power and authority and your ability, but I'm not sure of your desire for my life. And in verse 41 of that same chapter, Jesus says, I am willing, be healed. And some of you in this room today need to understand that Not only is God willing, not only is God able, but God is willing to move in your life. He's not just able. He is also willing. Jeremiah 29 and 11, we quote this all the time. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. The reality is God has good plans for your life. Another place in Ephesians, he says, for you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he planned long ago. He has always had plans for your life. And his purpose in your life is not just something abstract, but God is intentionally invested in your life and what's going on in your world. He does not just have the ability to intervene on your behalf. He is willing and desires to intervene on your behalf. This is the difference. And I love how Paul frames this. He says, according to the power. And what what he's trying to show us here is that God's power is beyond measure 
And his desire to work in our life is according to that power that's beyond measure. That God doesn't just want to creep in your life or be in the shallows of your life, but he wants to invade your life. He wants to operate in your life to the measure of his power, which is limitless. God wants to change your world, and he changes your world through prayer. This is why prayer works. Because God is able. Here's the third thing. Prayer works because God uses prayer to change us. I know um, most of the time when we're praying, we're anticipating God moving on our behalf, changing that person, moving that obstacle out of the way. But many times before God changes your circumstance, he will change you. And sometimes it's not your circumstance that needs to change. It's your maturity that needs to change. Sometimes it's not your circumstance that needs to change. It's your faith that needs to be developed. This is the story of, uh, I mentioned Romans 4 and 21, but the uh, previous verse right before that, Romans chapter 4 and verse 20, it says, Abraham did not allow doubt to cause his faith to waver. In fact, his faith grew and he gave glory to God during his delay. Here's the truth of the matter. God uses prayer to transform us into the people he has called us to be. He uses prayer to cultivate and develop us into the people God has commissioned and designed us and created us to be. God uses prayer to change us. We mentioned earlier Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, be anxious for nothing, But in everything, um, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God, right? But the power is really in the next verse, right? He's telling us to pray. Here's the next verse, Philippians 4 and verse 7. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What he is saying is, You're going to pray, and before I change it, I'm going to change you. You're going to pray, and I'm going to exchange your worry for my peace. And this is what prayer does. This is how God changes us. It's an exchange. When we open our hearts and begin to pray to God, it gives him opportunity to do surgery on us. It gives him an opportunity to exchange, you know, Uh, I prayed for patience and God sent me children. Um, So be careful what you pray for. But the reality is he will exchange our difficulty for what he has. Scripture says it like this. Take my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. What he'll do is he will give his peace for our anxiety. He will give his joy for our sorrow. He will give his empathy for our apathy. He will give his love for our hate. God changes us through prayer. It's one of the reasons why we encourage you to be here for the 21 days of prayer because God is preparing you for the rest of the year. He is shaping you and molding you and forming you into his likeness. 
This is why prayer, prayer works. Prayer works because it's directed towards God. Prayer works because he's able. But prayer works because God uses prayer to change us and transform us. Before God does anything externally, he is working internally on us. In Hebrews, um, it says, no discipline is pleasant at the time, but painful. But afterwards, it produces a harvest of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. God cultivates us in prayer. He matures us in prayer. God uses prayer to transform our lives. Here's the fourth and final thing. Prayer works because it brings God glory. This is the, the end of the story. Verse 21, this is what Paul says. To him be glory. And what Paul is doing, he's connecting this part to the original part of verse 20. Now to him, he is saying, to the one who has ability, that one deserves the glory. He says, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. Here's the truth of the matter. The one, the God who can answer your greatest request is deserving of your highest praise. The one who can answer your greatest request is deserving of your highest praise. This is what this is all about. It's what Paul is saying. Here's the real reason why prayer works. The other three matter, yes. Yes, prayer works because it's directed toward God. Yes, it works because God is able. He has the ability and the willingness. Yes, it works because God uses prayer to transform us. But at the end of the day, prayer works because it brings God glory. It's the end of the matter. It brings God glory when you pray and he works it out. In fact, in the book of Psalms, he says that in the day of trouble, you will call on me. I will deliver and you will give me glory. Your life was made to glorify God. Your story brings God glory. What he is doing in your world, what he is doing in your family, what he is doing in the life of your children, in the life of your business, in the life of your community, it is to bring God glory. Romans 11 and 36 uh, says, all things come from him, exist by his power, intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. That's the point of the matter. All of it comes from him. It's sustained by his power for the purposes of his glory. So all glory to him forever. Amen. And so, so what do we, we do with that? God, God's going to get glory out of your life. You're the church. He gets glory out of the church. He gets glory in Christ Jesus who created the church, who built the bridge back. 
between humanity and their creator. There's some of you in this room today that you need to make a decision for Jesus. In a few moments, we're going to pray. But what's the bottom line of today? Bottom line today is keep on praying because it works. I know you're going through a difficult time, but keep on praying. I, I know you're challenged on every side, but keep on praying. I know you're wounded, but keep on praying. I know you're crying, but keep on praying. I know your marriage is rocky, but keep on praying. I know you're wondering where the next meal is coming from. How am I going to pay the mortgage? Where, where am I going with my next career? Should I do this? Should I do that? Hear the word of the Lord. Keep on praying because it works. Here's what he says in Romans 12 and 12. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Church, this is not a time to cower back. This is not a time to move away from the Lord. This is a time to draw near to God and keep on praying. If you want to see the mountains moved, if you want to see miracles, signs and wonders, if you want to see God make a way, this is the hour for the church to pray like never before. If we pray, God will move. If we pray, God will answer. If we pray, God will heal and restore and change lives. We've got to keep Keep on praying because when we pray, God hears and answers. Keep on praying with pain in your heart. Keep on praying because in the end, God will get the glory out of it. Keep on praying because it works. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to pray, and there's really two people that I want to pray for. Those of you who have not said yes to Jesus, or maybe you have walked away from him and you know you want to start this year off right and get it right with the Lord, today is your day. Today is the day that you can say yes. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. God accepts you right where you are, but he's not going to leave you there. He is committed to doing the work, to making you into the person that he has created you to be. But there are others in this room, and I want to encourage everyone to get that prayer card. And if you would grab that prayer card and stand with me, even if you haven't written on it yet, we're going to pray over it. And we're believing God to move on our behalf. We're, we're about to close. Go ahead and stand with me. We're going to pray. I want you to grab that prayer card. If you haven't written on it, I want you to hold it and begin to think of the things that you are going to write on it. If you've already written on it, we're going to pray over it. We're going to believe God to move. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day and opportunity. We thank you for your word that has been declared. And God, right now as your people stand,
with unspoken requests. God, as they stand holding prayer requests as a tangible sign of their need for you to intervene, God, we rest on your promises of your word. In the book of Isaiah, you said that your word will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish that which you have sent it out to do. And your word has been spoken today, that prayer works. So God, in this moment, we're believing you to do exactly what you said. God, for every single prayer request, I don't know what's written, God, but I pray now in the name of the Lord Jesus that healing would come. Every sickness and disease, your word declares by your stripes we are healed. So we decree and declare healing, God, over our lives, over our bodies, over our minds, over our spirit. We decree and declare healing over our marriages, over our children, over our families, over our relationships. We decree and declare wholeness over our businesses, over our finances over our jobs, God. We decree and declare your wholeness, God. Lord, in this season, prove the doubters wrong. You are still mighty. You are still strong. In this season, move mountains, God. In this season, slay giants, God. In this season, let God arise and his enemies be scattered, God. We pray for this city. Let your glory reside in Augusta. We pray for this church. Let your glory reside on Stevens Creek Church. We pray for this nation. Let let God rule America and Georgia and the, and the world. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. God, we believe you. We trust you. You are the one who is able to accomplish these things. God, right now, we speak to the person struggling mentally, God. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, we push back the darkness. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we speak wholeness to their minds, God. We push back depression. We push back anxiety, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, we cancel every suicidal thought in the name of the Lord Jesus. You shall live and not die in Jesus' name. Receive the healing of the Lord. Walk in your freedom. God, for the person who has never said yes to you, for the person who needs to rededicate their life to you, let today be that day. And if that's you, I want you to say this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, save me. Change me. Make me into the person that you want me to be. Forgive me of my sins. I give you my life. And God, for every person under the sound of my voice, every person watching online, every person watching the replay, God, right now I pray that your goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their life. I pray, God, in this season that your church would be protected and covered. That, God, in the midst of famine, your church and your people will feast. That in the midst of sorrow, God, that there would be joy. In the midst of difficulty, that your people would thrive, God. That the best is still yet to come, God. We believe you to do more than we can imagine, God. And we give you the praise the honor and the glory because it belongs to you in Jesus name we pray and everybody say amen 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 put your hands together and bless God hallelujah hallelujah one one, one final thing that I want to tell you those cards on your way out I want to challenge you to lay them here or put them in the offering bucket because we are going to pray over them over the next 21 days and I know God is going to move but the second challenge I have for you 
is if there was ever a time before that the church needs to pray, now is the time. And I know we can come up with a lot of excuses why we don't need to be here, but I'm challenging you to be here at church to pray. And if you can't make it to church to pray, join us online. This is an hour that the church needs to gather and pray. The doors open Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. and prayer starts at 7 a.m. And on Saturdays, the doors open at 8 a.m. and prayer starts at 9 or the service starts at 9 a.m. Be here for prayer. God is going to move. I believe God is going to do great things, and you're going to see the hand of the Lord in your life. May the Lord bless and keep you. God bless you. Have a great day. I hope to see you tomorrow and next week Sunday. See y'all later. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.